Can't took wait. Me, it took me forever to learn how to use this. So those of you listening, this may be the last podcast ever because the technology is changing and I won't, oh, we could I just won't have pre- any idea how to do it. We could just pre-record like everyone else. Well, that's true. But, um, I even like, like to be, be that for you. You like to be fancy. I don't think this is particularly fancy when you're sitting in your basement and I'm wearing my workout shirt, essentially. So this is a set I had built. Just <laughs> oh, for. is it? I'm sorry. I I'm apologize. actually on. I'm actually on a studio. I just wanted it to look like a basement. They did. They did a really nice job. It like those like... post game shows they do on Comcast now with the three jackasses sitting around a table yes. and it kind of looks like they're in a rumpus room. Yep. Three jackasses on a table. Well, this is um, two jackasses and their headphones. Pretty much. Sometimes so, three, sometimes four. Yep. Sam is just us again. Yep. I don't know what we've done to offend. Kyle claims he's sick. Mike claims he's busy. A better question would be, what haven't we done? Yeah, I suppose. To offend them. So anyway, this is the very special trade deadline edition of whatever this podcast is. <laughs> and something actually happened. A few things. Which was good. Yes, two things, technically. Was it just two? Yeah, because the other one was well, yesterday. The other one was yesterday, but it's still a deadline deal. So it's not like we have to explain. We can just talk about the trades. We don't have to give them up front like it's a real yeah. If you don't know, you're listening to the wrong. <laughs> you're, you're, you're in the wrong territory. The first trade, though, um, really makes me wonder just what the hell was the purpose of Martin Maldonado? It had to have been that they were worried that Wilson's injury was worse than it was. Yeah. I think there was an element of maybe the market for Caratini wasn't quite what they expected. Yeah, because he's not very good. Is that why? I think he's good for what he is. Right. He's a backup catcher. He's and a backup catcher. Who's going to trade for somebody else's backup catcher? The only give you something you need. The only people going to trade for backup catchers if one of their catchers is hurt for a long time. Yeah. Which is what the Cubs might have been fearing. I don't know. Um, I'm a little confused. But I suppose I'm confused about the shape of the team after both trades. So we'll get to it after we discuss right. both trades. We'll, we'll try and keep a, a So a oh, I meant to here. look this up because somebody on Twitter had the perfect name for Tony Kemp because of oh, what God. he is and what he does. He's little. He's fast. He can't hit. He's Tony Kempana. That's pretty really good. Like. I, I like that, that yeah. very much. He's probably got a better glove. Because Tony Campana could, like, for all the spectacular plays he might have made, he wasn't actually wow. very good. Yeah, the biggest problem with Tony Campana was he was so small that if he wore a normal-sized outfielder's glove, he would trip on it as he <laughs> right. ran. It's <laughs> right. far too big. He, so also he, had a smaller, he had to wear a child's glove. He had, he had a Chuck Jones arm, if I recall. Yeah, he was he was not good. He hit an inside-the-park home run. I remember that. That's pretty much it. And that's that's the that was the Tony Campana experience. <sighs> okay, so Tony Kemp. Uh, actually had a decent offensive season last year, getting more playing time than you would have thought due to injuries. Not very good this year. Isn't hitting the ball hard at all, so I I don't count on much, but he could be a little better than he was. Is he getting regular time? Is he just a defensive replacement? Is he just a pinch runner? I'm a little confused. Joe said something very troubling, Uh which he's prone to do, which he said, we'll start him at second base and then move him around. I... Hope he doesn't mean every game we'll <laughs> start him at second base and then move him around. I hope he meant we'll get him a starter to at second and then we'll try him other places. Yeah. But, I mean your other options at second aren't really glittering. No. So um Well it will you, be interesting. It, for, I'm not but, advocating starting him every day, but you might as well take a look here and there. 
Yeah, I think I mean, Joe's going to play him in second and bat him lead off because he's fast. Yeah, that well, that would be a very Dusty thing to do. Although Dusty would Dusty would have to play him in center because your center fielder has to lead off. Right. Those are the rules of baseball. Those are the rules of baseball. Not allowed to lead anybody off. It doesn't clog field. bases. Uh, it brings up an interesting question, though. For the short term, they're going to have to send one of their infielders down. And do they send the beloved David Bodie down? Or do they send Robel down? My guess, they're just going to send Robel back down. But I think Bodie needs to go down for a little while, for a week, two weeks. I think I don't. Because he's. I, I doing can't nothing. generate enough emotion about either one of them to, to, to be upset about who goes down and who doesn't. Well, I feel like. I feel like Bodie might actually benefit from it. Yeah, maybe. Like he might, you might get something out of him later because you let him go down to Iowa and get some at-bats for a while and then come back. Where okay. I don't throw well, now, now we're here, so I want to ask this. Okay. And we'll get to Castellanos by himself in a minute. Okay, yeah, so we got to save the big news for You're bringing in later. Kemp, right? And then you bring in Castellanos. Uh, they, they say Zobrist will be here. Whether that's September or whatever, yeah, I think the assumption is it'll be that he won't come back. He'll do a minor league thing, and they'll bring him back up on rosters, expand unless yeah. somebody breaks both their legs. Even though I don't, even unless he sucks or he doesn't want to do it anymore or gets hurt, which all all of those are possible. Let's be honest. You've called up Hap. You haven't sent down Almora yet. I'm a little confused as to what the point of the call-up of Hap was then if he was going to get at-bats for a week. Because I'm trying to map out how he gets at-bats when Castellanos is in the lineup. And I don't know well how much Castellanos is going to be in the lineup because he might just hit against lefties. I think he's going to be in the lineup all the time. I think they're going to put him there pretty much every day. You can move Hay- Hayward's hit. You can't sit him. That's right. Not- so is he taking Schwarber's spot? I mean, that seems an awfully big risk. My guess is he plays left against lefties. Okay. And he plays right against righties some oftentimes with the terrible defensive outfield of Schwarber, Hayward, Castellanos. They hope so, they get a lead and then one of them comes out for Almora or somebody else. So the bullpen gives the lead back and then their big bats are out of the lineup and they can't get the lead back. So Hap's not really playing all that much. Is, is what you're saying. I don't see how he can unless they try to sneak him starts at second, which is bad. So what'd you call him up for? I've, it's It appears to me they called him up because they weren't terribly confident they were actually going to trade for Castellanos, for Castellanos. Even though he didn't and really it, cost anything. Well, it cost them precious money, which apparently... Tommy let's not, was let's not. could not be convinced to do it till the very end. Let's not. I don't. I can't. I just. I just can't. No, but I think it's money. very clear he they he almost refused to pay what it would cost, and they weren't going to get. It. All right. Okay. Now we're here. You're a long time guy, long and time. I don't. I don't think the Cubs press corps is automatically a pushover, but. Every time they come out and say, well, we only have this much money or we can't go over this. How come no one asks why? Right. That's the, they, they give their theories as well. They don't want to go over the, right. well, they don't want, first they don't want to go over the luxury tax. They want to the luxury. Then they don't want to go over the second tier of the luxury tax. Get somebody to tell you that on the record. Right. And 
Right. It's not like Ricketts is unavailable. I mean, okay, he's not nearly as available as when things were going well and he wants to shake everyone's hand. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Yeah, it's the McDonough-Rocky Wirtz colony. <laughs> but he's, he's, I mean, he's not totally hidden away. Like, no. he comes out once every couple months. So, to me, and I, okay, <laughs> like I'm a not a... Uh, this will come as a shock to my friends who, who actually call me this, but I'm not a journalist, so I guess I don't understand the nuances of asking people questions regularly. But I don't, I don't understand what's so hard about when they say like at the convention, well, there was no money to spend. That's why we didn't spend any money. Why isn't there? What would the Cubs be in the red if their payroll went to 230 million? Well, because they were happy to print the crap about all, all the improvements we make to the park, all the stuff. We're going to pump that right back into the team. Right. But then when it doesn't happen, or at least there's limits put to it. They don't yeah. find out why, and then okay, what can you spend? Right. What are you? What, what number are you willing to hit? At least get a no comment, because then it's clear that they're hiding something, and everyone knows. Yeah. I mean, everyone knows anyway. I mean, well, just is wait. that it? Is that it? Like the, the the does the press corps just assume everyone knows already that he's full of shit, so we don't need to make him prove that he's full of shit. <laughs> Like, I don't need him to come out and actually say I'm full of shit because everyone already knows it. Because I get it, and that's probably how I would cop out. I would like for them to continue to prove that he's full of shit. Yeah, that's not the job. I don't know. And I've met most of those guys, and and they're nice guys, but I don't understand. Like, here we are in the trade deadline, and, like, Theo and Jed have to go hand-in-hand to beg for Nick Castellanos. Yeah. Who's only owed... Two and a half million dollars this year. It's not who's, like he, he's it's a not nice like player. he's owed ten. He was this owed is two not and a half. This is not a franchise. T- it's not Zach Greinke. No. So what I mean, I don't know. I've written this post. You've written this post. We've had this podcast where I sit and I look around at all the new buildings. I look at all the fans paying the highest price ticket in baseball. Sort of second highest. I see the forty thousand there. I see the new TV station. Someone's going to tell me where the money's gone. Right? I mean, they'll... I, my guess is they would say, well, look, we did spend money this year. We signed Kimbrel, and we did this. And you'll say, yeah, but you had to have one of your players go on the restricted, restricted list, list do it. voluntarily, and then you decided you had the money to do it. And so, you only did it because you were desperate yeah. because you didn't have the money yes. to improve your bullpen in the winter. So you're really just making up for that mistake. And... There's an inherent risk in having a guy who had the first two months of the season off. Well, yeah, and we've we're seeing and we've seen it because he's not himself yet, and and he might not. We be hope he'll someday be himself, but he might not be. Well, himself is not going to be what you're used to ever again, I would think. No. But he's still he should still be effective, and I, I yeah, because even I'm, he does, with the breaking stuff he has, he shouldn't have to throw 98 to get you no, out. It certainly helps when he does, but. If he's throwing 96, 95, that's still yeah. pretty tough to hit. Right. I mean, like, we can go on about the money, but all we're going to do is ask questions and we're not going to get the answer. Right. Whether we're asking questions about the Rickets or the people who cover the Rickets. But I, we're, just, but, we're just not going to get answers. But that would be my assumption as to why they brought Hap up. Okay. Which was, we need a bat. We need it now. We'll worry about whether or not we can find a playing time for him if we add a bat. And if we don't, we're still going to need him. That would be my guess. And you're awfully kind by calling him a bat. Well, walking's a skill. It is. 
they don't have enough of it somehow, even though this team was supposed to be built on that idea. Yeah. I mean, they're, it's a, it's well, a very I wrote about founding group. This team confuses me and it leaves me in the middle so many ways, but all right. So all right, Tony Kemp, I, I'm already prepared for sometime in, let's say, let's call it um, August 25th. Whatever the date is that we do the podcast around, like last week, August. Yeah. I feel like we're going to have a five minute section about how much, how we can't believe how much Tony Kemp is playing. Yeah. And, and how little he's doing. And how little he's actually doing. But then again, I just, they're just like, if you play him at seconds, like, oh, yeah, he's taking Robel Garcia's or David Bodie's time. It's like, well, yeah, who cares? That, that's a push. You it's know. not like he's, He's not going to block anybody that you really need. Right. And but if Zobris sad... actually makes it back here and he looks like Zobris, yeah, he would want him to play as he much. He would have as to he play can. second every day. Yeah. Which is dicey, even. Which is a long shot. And I love Ben Zobris. But... So I. I wish we. Well, the Cubs have a lot of guys who you wish you could just DH. That's a problem. Yeah. Well, the other problem is like, let's just say Ben Zobris had like a, a, a long term injury. That's essentially the same thing. So they can they can wail and say, well, well, there's no way we could have prepared to have not have Ben Zobras this year. Yeah, they can't really use this as an excuse. Yeah, but you, you're supposed to have the depth yep. to, to do that. Well, that's all we heard about. And the, the depth has gotten less productive every year since the World Series. Right. Well, and why? It's, it's because they've they, they spent money on... Right. They've raised the payroll, bringing in high price guys and giving guys deserved raises and saved money on the bench. Short-sightedly, it's why you get Daniel Descalso. Well, and then he does nothing for you. Saving on the money, saving, saving the money on bench, saving money on the bench is fine because your bench is supposed to be filled with guys you're bringing through who like take three starts a week. Yeah. But their well, bench is always guys they get from other teams. Right. We're bad. Pretty much who are happy to sit on the bench in Chicago because they weren't giving up an everyday job somewhere else. Well, I wrote about this today. Perhaps you saw it. And I, and I, I had to preface that article with losses to the Cardinals make me irrationally angry. <laughs> losses to Adam Wainwright make me irrationally angry yeah. on top of that. Wilson Contreras' base running errors make me irrationally angry on top of that, which I just saw. Everyone on this team thinks they're Javi Baez. So I wrote it incensed. But, you know... <laughs> Do you remember the day after they won the World Series and Theo Epstein was playing catch with a football with fans outside the bleachers? Yep. In my mind, he's never really left that. Like, he's still out there playing catch. Like, they're still skating on that, that experience because, you know, there's the Quintana trade and there's the Darvish signing and, and those are good and, and uh, whatever they say. They're not great, but they're good and there's been a couple other things, but like the thing he promised, which is that there would be a second wave of prospects and Bryant and Baez and Russell, whatever that was, would not be it, and Contreras, and it's been it. And so I'm, you know, I'm not calling for Jed and Theo to be fired, but I think they have to face some tough questions they haven't faced. No, they don't get, they, they never really get questioned. I mean, and Theo's no. I'm like Theo's there for you. He'll sit for 45 minutes and answer everything. Right. 
I mean, he, it felt like he had faced some tough questions after the season last year, but it was mostly about the team and the manager. I mean, like the all the people they've brought up through to, from Iowa have, well, they've sucked. <laughs> Let's be honest, they've sucked. I would offer that he preempted the tough questions by ranting about how frustrated he was at the beginning of his that press conference. Well, that's not. You think that's not calculated? No, of course it was. That was. He's a bright guy. You don't need to push me because here I've already given you. I've <laughs> already laid push, it out. Don't well, push me. Here's what's wrong with the team, and <laughs> I give you no promises of how I'm going to fix anything, right. other than stupid shit. Like we're going to take more batting practice. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what? All right. Well, well, well okay. We we did this podcast yeah. like two weeks ago, so we'll stay at the deadline and we'll probably get back to this. Castellanos. We'll just focus on him, I guess. Now I'm telling you how to run your own podcast, and I apologize. I don't care. That's good. Um, I need direction. I hope people aren't expecting a miracle out of Nick Castellanos. I'm only expecting him to be J.D. Martinez. Is that unrealistic? Oh, okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's all well, I'm asking for. Wasn't J.D. Martinez a tiger in the past or something? Exactly. He was a tiger in the past. The only reason he didn't hit a million home runs there was because the park's too big. Well, Castellanos would tell you the same thing. Right. So he's going to come in, and I would guess over the last nine weeks of the season, he's going to hit 40 home runs. Well, I would not be shocked if he hits homers at a better rate now. Well, he was leading the American League in doubles. Right, because you can't actually get it out of Comerica Park. I think he'll be be good. Yes, he's he's going to help. He's another another actual bat in a lineup that needs them. Mm -hmm. Um, You just hope he doesn't give up as many runs as he drives in by... Not being able to flag down a fly ball. Yeah, well, he's going from an awfully big outfield to an awfully small one, except the part of the outfield that Wrigley he'll be standing in, everyone hates. I'll tell you, it's like the toughest one to play. I've never believed that, but that's what people say. Is it the toughest for anything other than the... I always thought it was the toughest when they used to have the ridiculous 305 starts. Yeah, and the, and the right fielder like had to just stare at the sun <laughs> yeah. for an hour and a half until it finally got below the grandstand. Well, I think it's... I, I mean, there's that, there's brick I, walls I, everywhere. I think that story is carried over from that, where so many right fielders are like, these 305 and 220 starts are killing me. I can't see anything. You know, and now, especially this part of the season, the when the night games, they start with the sun already behind the yeah. grandstand, so... No, Hayward will tell you that the the toughest right field to play is San Francisco. And he, enormous. he literally said it's designed to kill you <laughs> because yes. of the angles and the wall. And so um, he would have no sympathy for those who no anybody who complains about him to play right field at Wrigley. Yeah. I mean, his lack of range will be helped by the fact that he won't have, I mean, those balls he can't get to in Detroit. Some, some fan will be throwing it back onto the field for him. So he yeah. won't have to worry about it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to resist the urge to build this into some large narrative. With the, the spot the Cubs find themselves in, like, I don't like Jason Hayward in center regularly, but this is what they kind of have to do. It's, and it's, you have to do. It's one of my favorite quotes from Argo. It's the best bad idea we have. <laughs> yep. Um, if your pieces don't fit, you cram them together, and that's right. what Joe has to do. And I think he's done actually a pretty good job of that. I think this team should be better, but I don't think that has anything to do with him. Honestly, although well, some has, some of it has to do with him, but not not as much as he will get no, labeled gets, when, he, when they when they fire him next this, right. this, this winter. Yeah, he gets a ridiculous amount of blame. I mean, we've it's 
uh, it can't all be people who only started watching in 2015. Because if you watched before, you realize you we know what bad managing looks like. Yes, we do. Oh, for God's sakes. Yeah, it's best not to pay attention. No. You should just turn the TV off. Yeah. So they're claiming something here. Well, anyway, we're not Nobody, doing, we're not doing, we're not doing the Francesa play-by-play on the podcast. <laughs> but, um, Can we complain about how long the Yankees postgame is? <laughs> I mean, I'm always here for that. He ran, he ran it for like 10 minutes today when he first came on. About Did how he long, really? He had to wait for the day game for the postgame to end. He threw a fit. <laughs> and people on Twitter were already looking forward to it before he did it. Oh, it's a long post game today. Mike's going to lose his mind. Um, so no, anyway, so- and we didn't, we haven't talked about David Phelps, which I don't, I understand in the least. Just another arm. Yeah, but I'm tired of guys who are just another arm who's just going to come in and get labeled. Like he's not going to get anybody out. He's pitched 26 innings in the last three years. He got he got people out two years ago. He's lost two miles an hour of his fastball, so now he's throwing all cutters and curves, which are getting hit. Um, so I, if he's a mop up guy to keep people they want, you know, fine, like whatever. If I see him in a close game in the seventh inning, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna shit a chicken. <laughs> I think you're gonna have to shit a chicken. Yeah, great. It's like it's it's the same goddamn thing they do every year where it's like Joe likes to have funk because this guy throws curveballs and is yeah. weird and it's the C shack. It's the, can't we like, can't we just bring Joe Smith back? They, least, yeah, Joe Smith. That was at least the other he brings one. at least he brings Ali LaForce with him. And they had to, and they had to give up on they have always had to give up on it like three weeks later when the guy can't get anybody out. Yeah. It's funky uh, coming in and it's funky going back out. Oh look, the Cardinals are actually cheating. Um, that's unlike them. Um, yeah, whatever. I if if Phelps ends up mattering, they're done for anyway. Like right, like if he actually ends up mattering, that's then that tells you everything you need to know. I mean, it's you're you're doubly damned at this trade deadline if a you weren't willing to take on money and b you didn't have prospects to trade and they didn't really have either and so they well, got they don't have what they could get. Yeah, they don't want to give up Alzelay and they don't want to give up Horner and I'm fine with that. Um, but. Yeah. And this is another thing. Did they not tell Pedro Strope he was going on the IL? He didn't seem to know it. He just okay? He just told him he had a sore neck from watching home run balls. Yeah, I had a sore neck too. Go by him and then he was surprised when I they, mean he clearly needs to go on the IL. That's yeah, not some, like right. There's something wrong. Not like the Daniel Descalso Yeah, you're hurt. Pretend injury. But which is fine. I'm cool with that. And let's hope it's a long-term fake injury because we really don't need to pretend. I don't care. He doesn't need to come back in September. He can just stay out. Well, and I guess the added benefit of Castellanos and Kemp is that you'll have more people who at least have major league success somewhere on their resume on your bench to pinch it, extra innings, all that. You have a little more flexibility, correct? That's something. Like on the days, if the hap's going to stay here, and he's not playing. He's, you know, he, at least you can bring him off the bench. Now, I don't know how a young player who's already kind of trying to redo his whole approach is going to fare getting one at bat a game. But hey, I'd rather have that than Daniel Scalzo. Yes, and that was my that was my argument for bringing him up, which was he you got him plenty of development at bats in Iowa, so yeah. the year is not a waste. 
No. Nope. And if you don't play him now, then that's fine because you play him when you need him. I mean, I guess they're just going to try and solve this through numbers. We're okay. We're just going to have like five guys with two spots, <laughs> and we're just going to keep throwing this, and something's going to stick. Well, I kind of wonder if they'll if they'll play. Just send a fourth guy out in the outfield early in games and hope that the umps don't notice. Right. Like, wait a minute. How many guys are out there? Yeah. Well, so, Tony Kemp can hide behind Castellanos right. before the pitch. He, it can be like and then the, he can be like a rover. He just it, runs it, out into right center. It's and like the he, character from Legion, who's two people, but they combine to one the scientist and the yeah. and the warrior. Uh, I forget their name. Oh, Carrie. Carrie. They're both Carrie. Yes. And you just but you just hide Kemp behind Hayward, and then he like as the pitch is being delivered, he splits. Yep. And then he goes back. You got to get back before anybody notices. So, I, think yeah. could, I think it's completely. I think workable. you could. I think you could totally do it. I'm on board. I'm now the Tigers were in Anaheim today, so I'm I'm worried Castellanos can't get to St. Louis because we, what do you, you have to fly to Dallas and then ride a hay wagon right to get the rest <laughs> of the way? Games at six tomorrow. I would guess we won't see him till Friday. Fine, whatever. <laughs> Well, all right, so, all right, here's here's I think a discussion we don't want to have. People but, train comes out of Stubbsville. <laughs> There's a deep cut. <laughs> um, say they move Hap to left field, and this is the end for Kyle Schwarber. But wait, what, what, wait, what? What if what if their lineup is Castellanos, Hayward, Hap, and left? Well, that's crazy talk. And they've lost patience with Jason Hayward, or Jason Hayward, uh, Kyle Schwarber. Uh, it's, been, it's been three years now. He just hit two home runs. That's nice, and I enjoyed them thoroughly, although that second home run was a joke. Yeah. It was um, a, he thought he – that's two times he's had hits where he thought he fouled the ball into the stands. Right. And at least this one he didn't really have to run. Um, but that kind of that, – that should point out just how ridiculously inflated those Brewers' offensive numbers are. Well, I think it speaks to the baseball, but whatever. Well, yeah, but they play in that park all the time. Right. Where that baseball does that more than anywhere else. More than anywhere else. Except for Denver. Except for Denver, uh, where we know atmospheric conditions are are different. Um, But, I mean, we're we're Schwarber's two biggest fans. Before we get to Schwarber, not to get too scientific, I'm pretty sure the reason the ball carries well in Miller Park is all the methane. From the cows, Jesus. it's not like they're herding cows right outside. <laughs> no, I know not what you think of their fans. The con- but... They're on the concourse. Okay, during the games, I'm pretty sure. Right. I and, I had season tickets to Miller Park for two years. I know all the secrets. And their Favre jersey. Well, yeah, that goes without saying. Matching Favre, and they, they they pick at home the green or the white. Um. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I, 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 it, it pains me to put him on the lists of, well, I mean, I think, failed call up, but like, you know, he's hitting 228. And yeah, the slugging's high and the on base is a lot higher than the average, but overall, it's like barely an 800 OPS. And for a guy they kept telling us they have to have, we cannot trade this guy. We are buying Kyle Schwarber stock. He is a piece of this team. It's got to be better, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, he's got to lose playing time. Yeah. because I mean, he doesn't not, play against lefties as it is. As Dusty would say, it's a prove-it business. It's a prove-it business. And he's not proving much these days. And they've and got way too many guys. I mean, Almora, we know Almora's going to sit the bench now. 
Well, Elmora's played himself onto the bench full time. Like I don't yeah. I hate putting Schwarber with Russell. Well, that's not even fair, really. Or Elmora or even Hab. I mean, Russell at least had an identifiable skill other than being an ass wipe, which was a good glove. You know, Elmora had a good glove. Schwarber, I mean, you see the flashes, you see what God, this looks like it should be a dominant hitter. Yep. And he is for like a week. And you're like, okay, here we go. Yes. Every time you think he's figured it out, and then, then, and then he's, he goes you know, into he, he goes one for ten. Or two for twenty. That's that would be the next. That's multiplying it by two, just in case you didn't know. I didn't know there'd be this much math. Uh, you got we we gotta get Howard Ankin off my TV screen. I'm tired of this guy. Oh, we get Mike get get Mike to go on his Howard Ankin rant. I I, I, think, I can't wait. I think he did it after a podcast a couple weeks ago. I don't think it was on the podcast, but it's it's a doozy. He's not a fan, and he'll tell you why. Well, anyway, I enough about Howard Ankin. You can't get enough about Howard Ankin or no. Peter Francis. <laughs> you cannot, you cannot stop Howard Ankin. You can only hope to contain him. All right, so here we are. We stand. Here's the here's the Cubs team going forward. So Whatever. I guess the question is: Do the Cubs, with their their they some marginal improvement, plus the potential for relatively significant improvement from one of the guys? <laughs> I think compared to the Brewers, who did something. What did they, they do? They got Drew Pomerantz. Oh, whatever. Yes, I know. And they traded an actual prospect for him. In fact, because it was their their short their top shortstop prospect, people thought that they that leaked first. Right. They made a trade with the Giants. He's in the trades. They're like, holy crap, it's Madison Bumgarner. And then John Paul Morosi immediately tweets, Madison Bumgarner not in the trade. It's like, oh, it's Will Smith. Then he yeah. immediately tweets, Will Smith's not in the trade. And then you get Drew Pomerantz, who has pitched really well his last five and a third innings. So if that's what you're going to bank on, Brewers, go get him. Well, for any Brewers or Cardinals fans listening to this podcast, not that a Cardinals fan would be able to figure out the electronics no. to turn this on, but you're going to think of the, you're just going to think I'm being a bitter Cubs fan. But if anything, these past four games have proven to me is both those teams are ass. Yes. And that's, I, this, and, so and, that was my, I was, my terribly worded question is so the Brewers, who did basically nothing, and right. the Cardinals, who they traded Jed Jerko for a guy who's not going to pitch. Right. Is them doing nothing <laughs> better than the Cubs doing something? That's what that's what we're going to learn the next eight weeks of the season when they all play each other a crap load of times. I just think, well, I said this last week, but I think it's absolutely embarrassing that the Cubs are muddling around with these two teams. It's yes, it's ridiculous. They're neither one are good. The Cardinals' wonderful second half record is fueled entirely by a hot Goldschmidt. Well, and, and by how many win. times they've played the Pirates and the Reds. Right. They, they've played the Pirates seven times. And as the Cubs know, because that was the one series they were able to sweep, right. the Pirates have quit. Except yeah. all they want to do, all the Pirates want to do is throw the ball at your head. Throw the ball at your head. That's and, all they want to do. And get their ass kicked in fights. Like yes. the, the thing about oh. the Pirates is that every time they do this, they start a brawl, and someone on their team's getting their shit kicked out of them. Oh, I love that last night. I love that the Amir Garrett charging of the of the dugout. We got to see what would have happened had Rizzo thrown a punch. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> he did everything that Rizzo did, except he threw himself into the pile. Right. He, he wasn't going to get caught. He was getting his. <laughs> um, I also yeah, love, I don't. I, I mean, also like, love Yasiel Puig getting thrown out of a game after he'd been traded because he didn't know he'd been traded yet. All right. Well, let, you know, we've we've bitched and moaned. So let's let's try and be Sammy and and what the hell is your name? Decipio Sunshine. Yes. <laughs> Andy Sunshine. Um, about this. Now, I as they were saying on the broadcast earlier today, the Cubs have the worst 
record on the road in the National League, but they have a positive run differential. In this road trip and then after the All Star break, I mean, they've gotten they've they've should have. You could argue they should be sixteen and zero. Yes, honestly, they're, they're the only team in baseball that's had a lead in every game in the second right. half. In every one of their losses until last night, they had a lead in the seventh inning. Right. So and they still managed to lose. It's not impossible to fathom that like that stuff just smooths out because it just does. Yeah, I think a combination of the law of averages says if you continue to play the way you're playing, you're going to win more games because if you really shouldn't keep, have lost as many as you did. If your starters keep giving up one or no right. runs, you're going to start winning games unless you're the Mets. <laughs> and so they're not dig, the Mets. Dig that, plus the idea that you did. Even if you haven't drastically improved, you've gotten rid of some awful players who've been replaced by slightly less awful players. I think the best so way to describe I think the best way to describe the Cubs are done here is they've put their fingers in a couple dikes. Like, I mean, it, it's not even improved. They just plugged leaks, right? I mean, like, which improves you. It keeps the boat from sinking. Yes. You're trying to prolong the sinking long enough to get to the finish line. And then you can sink in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you, the best you can hope for is getting domed by the Astros for four games. I mean, that's... I mean, I... I and that's another thing I was writing about today. Like that, it's so disappointing because here we were, not even three seasons ago, and the the Cubs and Astros were on equal footing. The Cubs won the World Series first. The Astros had gotten into the play; they had gotten into the playoffs at the same time. The rebuilds were on the same track. Yep. And now it feels like they're miles behind the Astros. And they even did the same thing the year after. The Cubs went to the championship series and lost. The Astros lost in five, and so the Astros. Yes. Except now the Cubs have continued the. Have, the trend line is is not what you want. It's, right. It's it's aimed at the floor and it's accelerating. But at the same time, the Astros has start is like an EKG. It's starting to go up again. And that's not even totally fair because again, the Cubs won ninety five games last year in a much tougher division than the Astros. Like the Astros get to yeah, eat the right. part um, of the American Rangers League, and Angels and Mariners. Yeah. American League records the last year. couple of years were greatly inflated. The whole look at there's all these great teams in American League. No, there's three. <laughs> right. They beat the shit out of everybody. Right. So that's why they all win hundred. If you if you got three teams that win hundred games in your league, your league sucks. Your league sucks. So you know, I I'm I'm incensed that I think this this team's this year's struggles has colored the previous two years more than they should have been because like this this team is really the only disappointing one of the three because like 2017 we kind of knew it was just it was going to be a hungover slog right and they they won a playoff series which they won a playoff series they won 92 that, games that really hasn't happened around here that much so right. we were happy. It would suck that they didn't go back to the World Series, but it's like, all right, they're still a really good team. The run is continuing. This will be right. fine. And then last year, they won the most games in the National League over the 162. They they lost the 163rd. You know, so is that the ending sucks? And this is this is why I keep struggling with this all all season. So is that really that bad? Just because it ended so horribly. Well, and I think part of it is there's a. But this year, it's like no. This, despite what Zips and Pakoda would tell you, so yeah, maybe those you know systems are actually programmed right. Um, this one feels like okay. This is not. This should not be happening. This is, this is wrong. Yeah, and it's only it's probably wrong because ownership tied the front office's hands into making it better. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that, I think that to me, the, the thing that's most frustrating, this has been frustrating since the I'm doing my own talk therapy here, by the way. I'm, I'm making myself feel better as we go along. This has been frustrating since the offseason because they, it was very clear right away that they were going to have to pinch pennies. And I don't think it was clear. Well, we did this podcast, but I don't think it was clear to Theo during that postseason press conference. No, we know. I don't think it was until he went to until he went to pick up Cole Hamill's extension, and they said right. we got to you got to shave some money somewhere. And he kind of went, "What? Went, what? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry." Now, getting rid of Drew Smiley was not a bad. Every team has done that. <laughs> Every team gets rid of Drew Smiley. But it was the signal that it sent, which was, and then not being, and that also didn't turn out that bad. Not being able to re-sign Jesse Chavez, but it was the idea that he only he wanted five million dollars, and they couldn't give it to him. I just can't shed any tears over Jesse Chavez. No, but it was the sign that you couldn't well, then, pay a relief pitcher $5 million. Well, here's the, it, it here's the question. Because he's been awful. But here's they the question. And this is a stretch, but it's worth asking. Does that kind of offseason provide some sort of malaise for your actual clubhouse? When your guys who had such a bitter ending to the last season show up and they're like, our owner is pinching pennies. We don't. We haven't improved at all. What are we doing here? And is is that partially why the Cubs spent the first three months with their head up their ass? I don't think they've had their head up their ass since the All Star break. They just have a bullpen that can't yeah. get anybody out. I would agree with that. I think they've like but, they haven't. I thought I think they've at least played crisper. Okay, they haven't hit, but you haven't seen the running, the the errors, the bad decisions. It's just been like okay, our bullpen can't get out, and the bottom half of our lineup sucks. And Rizzo's going through a bit of a slump, so we can't hit. I think the to me the problem that That's might be some of it, but the problem is it was a team in need. It was a flawed team that needed to be rebuilt, you know, a little bit. It's not obviously not a rebuild, but you. And then they didn't have the resources to do it, so they didn't do it. So they just bring everybody back. And it's like, well, well you knew it wasn't good enough last year, right. and how's it how's it magically going to be better this year? It's not. Well, it. Well, and quote, didn't have the resources, unquote, is probably not accurate. Just refuses to use the resources would probably be more accurate. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that it is not a case of they can't spend the money. It's that they won't. They won't. Yeah. Still, and as I wrote today, what this trade deadline is and what the lack of money is, is just not allowing Jed and Theo to buy themselves out of the system they haven't produced the money wouldn't be a problem if you were still bringing up one or two players a year who were producing and giving you something yeah it's the idea that um they how do i want to say this if you had your own verdugo and your max muncie and ventura in Houston, whatever. If you bring up one guy a year who's just providing something to your team, then it then the the lack of funds isn't as big a deal. Yeah, my guess is that the plan that they obviously it's the plan they showed us, and I'm in more detail that they showed the Ricketts, they have been able to execute. Yeah, it's well, we can spend money on these guys because we're going to have this wealth of young players constantly filtering in, mm-hmm. and that not only did it stop the guys they had on the roster they were counting on regressed. Yeah. If Hap, Elmore, and Schwarber all were just like, not, not even great, just like good yeah. contributors. You'd have a much different you'd, team. You'd be leading the division by 10 games. Yeah. 
and that's it. And they just haven't. So, but I, there might be some, uh, I don't want to say trickery, but I wouldn't be surprised if Theo's sending out anonymous texts and such saying, well, we just don't have the money to improve this team to cover for the fact that he hasn't improved this team from within either. That's, you know, that's the other story. Like both of these things can be true. The Ricketts are assholes for not opening up the money spigot and Theo and Jed have not done a great job the past couple of years. Both of these things can be true. Yes. And they are true because if you, if you look at it as this is a run of contention that has a set end date, they all the kind a lot of the contracts are lined up to, to end at 2021, including Theo's. You should be spending whatever it is now, knowing that you're going to reset them. You only have a finite amount of runs at this, and if you really don't, if if you're just happy with the one that you got, which is you know, then you spend like you are right now, enough oh. money to go. The Cubs have never spent this much before. Look how great we are, <laughs> right. but not enough to actually fix problems on the team so you can continue to win. Yeah, I it it's all and the, uh... and the way Mooney worded a tweet right after the Castellanos thing is concerning. Um, it makes it sound like the Ricketts tied. Yes, you can have the money for Castellanos because you're going to make the playoffs, and we're going to get some October money, which to me means okay, Smarty, if you don't make the playoffs, and we had to spend this extra money, you're going to have to find that money next year. You're going to have to cut something. Yeah, but I don't know. I'm reading a lot into it, but I, I do know that, they, that they, they apparently the Ricketts were counting on a long playoff run last year and didn't get it. And I think that's the excuse they used to Theo as to why they couldn't give him the payroll they originally promised him. Would those, do you think those, I mean, if you get, if you get into the, say you get, you win the NLDS. So that's two or three home games and you get, so that's five home games maybe. Yeah. I don't know how much you get. I mean, I think you they, share. Probably, they probably pull in a few million per home game. So I guess it's significant money. Yeah. But I don't know. That, that all You've got to sell stretch. a lot of novelty t-shirts to, to make up for it. And, you know, yeah. now, that, now that everybody has a World Series shirt, or six. But isn't this the we don't winner? Need to, no, we don't buy them for anything short of a World Series anymore. Sorry, well, isn't the Isn't this winner when the TV, when the TV station money is supposed to just... Turn them into Steinbrenner West? Well, that's the other thing. I think Crane gets a pass. He's gotten a pass for like 20 years. Yeah, the fact that they had to write his, the Tribune had to write his job into the sale is troubling. Right. Um, There's no way the TV money is anywhere near what they thought it was going to be. That's another huge reason why they're not willing to Okay. Well, all I ask is that someone who covers the Cubs make someone say that. Yes. Make someone say that on record or do the investigative digging and... Find out for sure. And I, I don't, I'm not going to say, oh, well, that absolves the Ricketts. They're worth $3 billion. That, nothing's going to absolve it. But at least that's like tangible and something I can point to. It is funny. And I wonder if, if newspapers weren't flailing, if the team, if papers would routinely have hired a business person to work in the sports section. Right. And to do, and to write these things in a way that we can understand them instead of making, Mark Gonzalez and Gordon Whitmire try to, you know, understand profit loss sheets and all that stuff. I because... wouldn't want to make Gordon Whitmire understand how to turn left properly. Like, <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not their job. It's not what they're trained in. So it's fine if they don't want to go digging through 
found spreadsheets or no, whatever. No, but I think it's I think it's a crucial part of you know sports have never been and they've always been a business, but they've never been more of a business than they are now. And you would think one business writer covering sports as a beat would right, be a pretty guy, interesting thing to have in your paper every day covering the four major sports. The business of all the sports in town. Yes. Like he can do all five teams. Yeah, that would... Uh, and then we could get some answers. Uh, sorry, I'm seeing Todd Frazier at Comiskey Park, which reminds me of my favorite baseball moment of the past decade, which was Hawk Harrelson leaving the booth to go see if he was okay. <laughs> my fa- It's just my favorite moment of all time. Like he, he, Even now... You can't understand like how abs- absurd that was. <laughs> like, anyway, all right. So let me turn the question on to you that started us off on this tangent. All right. With was after everything we've discussed and, and all the problems and the money and whatever. Here are the Cubs: Nick Castellanos, Tony Kemp, Ken Phelps, Ken Phelps, Ken Phelps. In tow, he's got a rocket for an arm. What do you? You don't know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> What do you see the team being well, the last two months? Here's the problem. Okay. And they ran and into it last year, There's only one? Well, no, it's, there's one big – it encompasses many problems. You probably are better. You are better than the two teams closest to you. But now they only have to outplay you for 50-some games, mm-hmm. not 162 anymore. You So uh, the closer you get to the end, the less – the less your margin of, I don't know how to say this, <clears throat> the gap in your talent to theirs becomes less important because mm-hmm. the amount of games are fewer. So, yeah, it's great that they're they're even a little bit more better now than the Brewers and Cardinals, but with only 50 games to go, you're a couple of slumps away from having the best third-place team in baseball. Um, and going home, knowing that, you, knowing that you were better than the two teams who finished ahead of you because you dicked around for way too long before you tried to figure it out, and then you couldn't do it. Well, the best third-place team outside the AL East. Yeah, that's true. Um, You're going to be the second-best third-place team in baseball. And another third-place team has the greatest player of all time. So, <laughs> I mean, like, so it's uh, it's tricky. But, yeah, I mean, yeah you're right. Like, over so that's, 50, what, that's what worries me about Even it, if Castellanos that- balls out over 50 games, it's hard to see that making a massive difference. Um. I think when I thought before these trades, like if the Cubs play how the Cubs should, they'd win the division by four or five games, even with 50 games left. And I still think that. But what I can't predict is if this team is just going to continue to play with his head up his ass. Like, okay, now you've removed the kids in the lineup who aren't going to hit. You've removed Almora. You've removed Russell. You, you haven't really replaced Russell that anyone's going to hit because I mean, Tony Kemp. Maybe it's Ian Happ if he plays second base, but give him a helmet. <laughs> give me a helmet. Anywhere, is there a rule that you can only wear one glove? <laughs> right. Um, but and you, you know, you but your your outfield offense is going to be much better, and I don't think it's going. The defense will be so bad that it's going to give him back all those runs. No, if you want to have a bad defensive group, you'd much rather have a good infield, a bad outfield, especially than a bad... with the amount of ground balls the Cubs staff produce. Yeah, that's supposed to be their specialty because they don't strike anybody out except for you. No, except you, and he, he's too busy walking people in between those strikeouts. And that's not fair because I think you've been really, really good. Yeah, he had lately. a he had a two nine four ERA in July. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're they're. 
I hesitate. I, they're improved just because they're more solid. Like they're there's a solid or more solid base here. What the, rather than spiking the EKG as you put it? Yes, I but, would. I so, would. I wouldn't trade their roster for the Cardinals or Brewers. No, God no. no. But I. But I went from being very confident that all right they'll get it they'll figure it out and they're going to win it to eh they might not. That's kind of where I am. I I still think that they. I know they should. I don't know that they will. Right. Well, I, I see. To me, this is the month where you make your move because their schedule this month is not that hard. And both the Cardinals and Brewers are, are on the schedule. You get the Brewers at home twice in the month, actually. You know, and the A's are good, but there's a lot of Reds. There's a lot of Pirates. There's a lot of Mets. There's Giants. And I don't care about the Giants' recent run. They suck. Yes. So And, they're, and the fact they hung on to Bumgarner and Smith is that That middle ridiculous. chunk of, the, of, the, of August where it's, it's like Pirates, Phillies, who also are not very good. Uh, the Mets and the Giants are in there. And then it ends with the Brewers, and and you know once you get past the A's here and the Brewers that home stretch, like there's there's like ten or twelve games there that like you you should clean up, you should go ten and two, you should just clean up, and then if you do that, I imagine that separates you enough from these two teams because like they've they've each already had their run, like the Brewers are not going to get the starting pitching to go ten and two, they're just not. No, they didn't they have two they starters. Didn't, they didn't do anything to fix it today right. either. Which I'm sure was more a reflection of the cost, and then looking at it, going, "Are we really going to trade good prospects for mediocre starters, or should we just roll with what we got? And if we don't make it, then then we're in better shape next year because we didn't give everybody away. Because they're also looking at a finite. They're Yelich's got he's a 2021 free agent too, and he's gone. You know, I'm sure I'm sure he thinks you know there's some charm to Wisconsin." He's but gonna go there is no in chance in hell yeah. that he's on that team. <laughs> the twenty twenty two. Certainly in twenty twenty two, he's probably gone sometime. In, they probably trade him sometime in twenty twenty one. So that has to be part of. They're like, ah, oh, you know, this is a no, this is a year now with him that we're not going to win it, but we can't sacrifice next year for a bad chance at this year. They, I think, they made the right decision. Yeah. The Cardinals are just, they're just so. They're bad. They're so loaded. They didn't need to add anybody. And they get Yachty back. Wait till they get Yachty back. <laughs> yeah. I love that they I love that they're I think they're they're under five hundred with him. Right. Well they get Yachty back and Carpenter back. Now like I, I am still scared of Matt Carpenter, but he's like thirty four. And like, you know, he's on the decline. Like I do I enjoy watching him try to throw the ball from third base to first. Yeah, he looks it's exactly like a close friend of mine, so he's he's also like disorienting. But, he throws like a t-ball player now. Yeah, because he doesn't. It must hurt his shoulder. He doesn't want to let go. And he's right. kind of like, oh, here we go. I think I can make it. <laughs> is, ah! this, is this the time it snaps? <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't. I still believe that this team will win the division, and I, I still believe like they'll have most of the last week off. And I don't, you know, be. I don't know what that means when they get into the postseason. I don't know what five games against well, the Braves it, would look like, but. I think the interesting thing about them, when you get to the the thing that happens in the playoffs, as we know, is everything gets shortened. You don't need as many starting pitchers. You don't need as many bullpen guys. And you they yeah. you might look at this team and go, hey, they're actually built for this because they don't have – you don't need depth anymore. So the crap depth you have doesn't come into play as much. We'll have a deeper conversation about this at the end of September. You goes to the bullpen and becomes a three-inning guy in okay. every playoff game. He's the only guy built to come out of the pen on the rotation. Like, it would be unfair – 
to say, oh, he's going to the rotation because he's our worst starter because at the moment he's their best starter. Yes. But he's the only guy built to come out of the – you're not going to bring Kyle Hendricks out of the pen. That doesn't make any sense. John Lester, is first of all, it takes him half an hour to warm up. You're not bringing him out of the pen. Quintana maybe because, you know, if he's a one-through-the-lineup guy, he can they throw pretty hard. They used and Hendricks out of the pen in a while. Well, that tells you about the state of the bullpen more than it does about strategy. <laughs> and but Hendricks gave it up to here's, Tony yeah. Walters. Yeah, he gave up like three ground balls too. Yes, I know. He, they, um, they, they pitched amazingly well in that game, <laughs> and somehow lost to the fucking Rockies, who then didn't like even come close to winning. They didn't score a run. Game. Did they even score a run against the? They scored, they scored one. one. Yeah, they scored one. Thanks for showing up. We Thanks could have done playing. that. In fact, the Cubs would have done that. Would have done that. <laughs> Not only could we have done that, we would have done that. Damn it! That was but, oh, you stole our move. So here's the here's the nugget I'll plant for any possible playoff preview podcast. Hey, look at that! <laughs> look at that alliteration. <laughs> Would Joe, Joe Madden, have the imagination to have you, Darvish, be your Brad Peacock, your Nathan Eovaldi, someone he actually brings in the pen in like the fifth inning or sixth inning and says, once through the lineup, burn it through for one turn through the lineup. Give me two innings. Give me three innings. Get us as close to Kimbrell as you can. Or is he going – and who knows what that's going to look like by September. Or is Joe still going to one inning, one inning? No, no, I got my guys set up. And it's got to go you, Cshek, hopefully a revitalized strope. Yeah. I mean, watching his bullpen management Kinsler, devolve into Ned Yost right. is scary. Because I genuinely like the idea, if you get there, of you have a left-handed starter, so everyone brings the righties out. You have your Lester. I mean, to explain this to Lester would be a hilarious conversation. But you could do this with Quintana, <laughs> where he's like, okay, if we get him twice through the lineup, that's good enough. If that's the fourth inning, it's the fifth inning, whatever. And now we're going to bring in you to face all these right-handed hitters for once through the lineup. And that's two or three innings, and then we're there. Like, that, to me, actually sounds pretty enticing. But I don't know. I We've never seen Joe have that sort of imagination. The only imagination he had was bringing in Lester too early in Game 7. He got away with it. Yep. But, yeah, you know. He got him up too early and had to get him in too early. Right. And he had to bring in David. Like he had to bring. He has, you have to bring in David Ross with him. So let's lose one of our best hitters because our our guy can't throw to anybody else. Who he's going to end up throwing to next year anyway? Yes, and be perfectly fine. It's as it turned out, be it perfectly out, it fine, fine doing it. Because he, strangely enough, was not as mentally fragile as they wanted to pretend he because, was. Because, and the other strange thing is, David Ross is just a backup catcher. He's not a horse whisperer. He's not a magic grandpa. He's just a really nice backup catcher who everyone likes. Yeah, but Magic Grandpa hit a home run off Andrew Miller. Yep, and yeah. hey, they needed it. Yes, they needed everyone they could get. And this is why they can get away with all the missteps of the past few years because we're still talking about Game Seven like it was yesterday, and we will be until we're dead. <laughs> yeah, and as I wrote, I'm going to be that guy badgering someone 25 years my junior about the 2016 season, just like I've had about the 1985 <laughs> season when I was 21 years old. Oh, you should have, you, it's too bad you don't remember it. You should have been there uh, uh, wanting my own Bears season to cherish. And that's going to be me in 25 years because it does mean that much. And they get to skate on it because of that. Yep. They've won, they've won one pennant in 74 years. Yep. But I saw it. But I saw, I was there. Well, so, I wasn't there. I mean, my, I, I was here. Yep. Well, not here, but I was at the bar. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and that, I think that's a good point to end on. Yep, that sounds good. All right. So now we'll uh, we do this again. We'll have actually seen these guys play, and then we can really rip them. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Like, stuff. Holy crap, they're worse than we thought. Can't wait. Gonna, gonna be great.
That's going to be great. Very exciting. All oh, right. God, David Bodie, you just don't have a clue. 